If you will, join me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, we're going to be reading the first eight verses for you this evening. This is a, a word I believe the Lord began to place on my heart on Sunday during uh, Sunday morning service as pastor was preaching. The Lord just began to drop little things into my heart and I began to just write them in the notes section of my phone as quickly as I could. And I believe that the Lord wants to challenge us tonight, but yet encourage us tonight. Can you say amen? How many knows it's okay to be challenged? I got a few of you. How many knows it's good to be challenged? How many knows it's good to be changed? And how many knows it's good to be encouraged tonight? Amen. Matthew chapter 12, we're going to begin at the first verse. At the time Jesus went on the Sabbath day, turn to your neighbor and say, Sabbath day. Turn to your other neighbor and say, that's a church day, if you have another neighbor. On the Sabbath day, through the corn and his disciples were in hunger. You know it's the Sabbath day when people are hungry. Amen. I, I don't mean just hungry for the word. A lot of people are hungry and ready to get out of church on Sunday. And they hungered and began to pluck ears of corn and to eat. But the Pharisees saw it, and they said unto him, Behold thy disciples, do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read where David, what David did when he was and hungered, and they that were with him, and he entered into the house of God and did eat of the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have ye not read in the law how on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater, say greater, greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. What that, he's quoting an Old Testament portion of Scripture that says that God would rather you be merciful than to give sacrifice. You know, or you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Tonight. And it's anointing. And God, we ask that you move upon this word tonight. Let our ears be open that we would hear, our hearts be open that we would receive what you have for us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Microphones just don't like me lately. But it's all right. I'm going to preach through it. I don't need a mic to preach anyway. But we see here in this portion of Scripture, just real briefly, that Jesus is walking through a cornfield, him and his disciples on the Sabbath day, and they began to take ears of corns and they, ears of corn and they began to eat them. 
And it's not lawful to do any work on the Sabbath day in Jewish tradition and in Jewish law. So the Pharisees are watching everything that Jesus does throughout his, his public ministry. And they say it's not lawful for your disciples to do what they're doing because they are, they are working on the Sabbath. What they were doing was unorthodox. And to the, to the Pharisees, it was unlawful. It was wrong. But how many knows just because it is unorthodox to you does not mean it is wrong. It Just because it's not your norm does not mean that it's wrong. Just because they don't pray like you pray doesn't mean that they're wrong. Just because they don't worship the way you worship does not mean that they are wrong. And I'm going to get to that tonight, but I I, want to take you real quickly to a game that has been played in our our country and throughout countries of the world for years and years. And it's a game that is played out of pure boredom, and it's called Would You Rather? Would You Rather? I'm going to teach to you or preach to you or preach to you. I don't know what we'll do yet on Would You Rather? Would you rather is a game where it's a game of comparisons. It's a game of scenarios. And again, it is absolutely played out of pure boredom. This is the game you play when you're on your way to Florida and your parents refuse to fly you there and want to drive you there. These are games uh, that you play uh, when you're on road trips and when you're, when you're just laying awake and you can't, you, 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 you can't just fall asleep. Me and my brother would play this game, and, and, and being raised in the church, it was a very interesting game to play. Uh, on sleepless nights, we would play Church Would You Rather. Church Would You Rather consisted of, uh, would you rather hear sister so-and-so testify or go to all-night prayer meeting? Um, you know, it was, would you rather, would you rather get grounded by mom and dad or get spanked by them? Would you rather would would you rather sing a solo for mom or get pinched on your inner thigh by while being disruptive in service? Uh, this this was things that me and my brother would would play out of pure just boredom, laying in bed, and, and just would, would you rather? Would you rather? Many 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 people play this game uh, throughout throughout history. They're still playing this game. There, there, here are some would you rather's. Would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors, or go into the future and meet your great 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 grandchildren? Would you rather have more time or more money? Would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button in your life? Would you rather be able to talk with animals or speak in foreign languages? These are some of would you rathers. Would you rather do this or would you rather do that? It's a game of comparisons. But I I want you to know tonight, uh, the reason I, I felt like titling this message, Would You Rather, is because we don't even realize, uh, but Brother Jaden, we play a game of spiritual would you rather every time we walk into the sanctuary, every time we walk into our workplace, uh, every time we walk into our schools, uh, every time we walk into that lost loved one's home, uh, every time we sit down at the dinner table, we 
play a game of spiritual would you rather. Let me give you a for instance. Would you rather go to church and live comfortably or would you rather go to church and live uncomfortably and see nations changed? Would you rather gain the whole world and lose your soul or be or pick up your cross daily and live to change and transform life for Jesus? Would you rather be a fan of Jesus or a disciple of Jesus? There's a difference. Everybody loves Jesus. Everybody in this culture is a Christian. Oh, I love Jesus, but I don't want to do what he tells me to do. I don't want to hear what he says I need to hear. I don't want to act out what he tells me to act out. I don't want to talk the way he tells me to talk. I don't want to forgive the way he asks me to forgive. I don't want to be merciful the way he he teaches me to be merciful. Those are fans of Jesus, but not disciples of Jesus. Those are people that have allowed themselves to come into the church and be entertained week in and week out, but have refused to pick up their cross and follow Jesus. Disciples are those that say, Jesus, I know what you say in your word. Your word says, your words say, literally your words say, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do as I say, talk as I talk. Do as I do, not do as I do, but or do as I say and not do as I do, but do as I do. Be like me. I'm the example. You see, we have uh, so much uh, spiritual would you rather would you rather would you rather binge watch your favorite tv show or go to prayer meeting would you rather would you rather go on a motorcycle ride with your friends and listen these things aren't these things aren't wrong would you rather do that or come to a place of such dedication and supplication in your life that you and your friends begin to go out and many people in our church do this they they begin to go out on those bikes they begin to minister to people they begin to pray with people they begin to meet people right where they are listen what i'm trying to tell you is if we want revival the way this church people in this church I've talked to you the way you say you want revival we have to come in every Sunday every Wednesday every day of our lives and ask ourselves would I rather experience the glory of God and live in the glory of God or do I just want to live from feeling to feeling from emotional experience to emotional experience I want you to know tonight that when you have encountered the Holy Ghost It is not just goosebumps. It is not just a foreign language that comes out of your mouth. It is not a tongue that is just foreign to you. It is so much more than that. It is an experience that will keep you when you feel nothing. Emotions can mislead you. Feelings can mislead you. But the Word of God and the Holy Spirit will never leave you and will never leave you undirected. It is something that goes far beyond Feelings. So I want to ask you tonight, church, would you rather continually and, and continue to have church as usual, or would you rather experience the glory of God and see revival take place in this generation? Would you rather? Would you rather? Church, I want you to notice tonight, I, I have grown up. In church my whole life. My, I, I was born on February 1st, 1994. I'm a young buck. And, and I, I was born 10 pounds 
and my mama was about 130 pounds. And man, she the, the first place she took me after going being taken home was to the house of God. I, I mean, I was literally raised in the church. My parents uh, were ministers for years and years, and, and my, my father is still ministering to this day. But I, I want you to know I've been raised in church, and, and I have to ask you something. Uh, I, have to, I have to address something tonight. Uh, when did church become boring? I, I, I talk to young people. I, I've dealt with young people. Well, I've been raised in church, and I just always thought it was boring. When did preaching become dull? When did religion overtake our sanctuaries? When did the unorthodox that, that used to happen, uh, listen, shouting and, and rejoicing in God, the holy hush, uh, uh, the one extreme to the other, the, they're so rare. I know we experienced them the last few Sundays. Uh, it's been good. It's been great. Uh, but I want you to know that it is not just a Sunday to Sunday experience, uh, but this is something if we want revival we're going to have to live in. I want to ask you tonight, uh, when did church become predictable? When did messages become predictable? When did the moving of the Holy Spirit uh, become so normal to you uh, that you just went, well, this is what's going to happen, and and he's getting excited, so he's going to exhort, and, and she's getting excited, and she's going to testify. I want you to know that the Pharisees looked at the at Jesus' disciples uh, and they said, listen, you shouldn't do that. Uh, you shouldn't have that. Uh, I want to ask you tonight, would you rather have a spirit of religion that says, oh, you can't do that in church anymore. You can't act that way. You can't worship that way. You can't lay hands on the sick that way. You can't speak and prophesy that way. Would you rather have that spirit of religion that says, no, you can't do that. Or would you rather be with Jesus and say, I want what he wants. He's breaking norms. He's tearing down ritual. He's tearing down religion. He's tearing down the, he's tearing down the ordinary in my life. Uh, and he's, he's introducing me to an extraordinary power. Church, would we rather? Paul says this in 1 Corinthians about preaching. He says, I was with you in weakness. In verse, in verse 3 of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration. That word means, it means manifestation. In demonstration or manifestation of the spirit of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Listen, church. We we, 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 we we have some of the best. Our pastor is one of the finest, if not the finest man of God that I know. He, he, he preaches the word week in and week out. He, he preaches with his whole heart. He preaches with power. He preaches with authority. And I thank God for my pastor. But I want to ask you tonight, where is the manifestation? I believe that he preaches with such power and vigor that the last few Sundays, Sundays, what we have seen uh, is we have seen uh, the manifestation. God has come into these services the last few Sundays, uh, and God's saying, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, this is preaching with authority. Uh, this is preaching with boldness. Uh, this is a preaching uh, with the manifestation following. Uh, why? Uh, because uh, I, can't, I can give you every kind of uh, ten, ten, ten ways to succeed in life. Uh, I can give you all 
the advice in the world, uh, but I will tell you if there is not an anointing on my life, uh, it will never, never keep you. It will never change you. I want to ask you tonight, uh, would you rather be in a place where you're never challenged? Would you rather be in a place where the Holy Spirit doesn't move? Or would you rather be in the presence of God uh, under men and women of God uh, that desire the anointing and the glory of God to fall in this house? Would you rather? Would you rather? Where did the manifestation go? When did we become so full of rituals? I want you to notice something with me here tonight in verse 8 of the chapter of chapter 12 that I read to you tonight in Matthew. Excuse me. He says, and I'm going to paraphrase this for you. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. You say, what does that have to do with anything? I'm going to show you through Scripture tonight that Jesus never had an ordinary Sabbath. Jesus never had a religious Sabbath. He never had a religious service. My Bible tells me that Jesus walked in a place of anointing and a place of the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Yes, because He's Jesus. I understand that. But my Bible also tells me that the Spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead also dwells on the inside of you. So I want to ask you tonight, why do we walk into service week in and week out? I know it's Wednesday night. I know you're tired. I know you've had things to deal with today. Guess what? I did too. Guess what? The worship team did too but they come in and they say listen we don't want to have an ordinary service we don't want it just to be a status quo why because status quo doesn't change anybody's life before Jesus showed up on the scene there was 400 years of silence there was 400 years brother Jaden of rituals of religion there was 400 years of we're going to sing three songs the preacher's going to preach a message and we're going to go home but nobody's going to be changed your community's not going to be transformed your home's not going to be any different but I want you to know when Jesus showed up I'm going to show you tonight through scripture when Jesus showed up everything changed why? because he says I dare to break the binds of religion and religiosity that will say this is how you do things this is how you need to be this is how things should be Jesus said no I've come to give life to this thing I've come to revive this thing I've come to bring hope I've come to bring peace Jesus came to change everything so I want you to realize tonight how important it is to ask yourself would you rather when you walk into the house of God This is how important it is. The Bible tells me, Mark chapter 3, that Jesus entered in again into the synagogue and there was a man with a withered hand and they watched him, talking about the religious leaders. They watched him 
whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto them, uh, unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. Uh, and he saith unto them, and he's talking back to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, uh, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days? or to do evil, to save life, or to kill. But they held their peace. And Jesus looked around about on them with anger and grieved in the hardness of their hearts. And he saith unto them, stretch, he saith unto the man with the withered hand, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole. As another, You say, what does that have to do with anything? They were watching him, and he looks at them, and he says, it's the Sabbath day. Would you rather do good on the Sabbath day or would you rather do evil? What he was saying is uh, would you rather save life? Uh, would you rather restore life? Uh, would you rather experience revival and restoration? Uh, would you rather experience healing uh, or would you rather experience death? Uh, why? Because religion is death. Uh, just saying, oh, I have to go to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, that's what my mommy did. Uh, that's what my daddy did. Uh, that's what my my grandparents did. Uh, oh, I just go to church because uh, I, I just I, I just like the community. Listen, I know that there's power in fellowship. Uh, I, I know there, there's unity in fellowship. Uh, but I want you to know tonight, and I want to make it very clear, uh, Pastor Ronnie cannot take you to heaven. Uh, Pastor Jay cannot take you to heaven. Uh, Sister Mary Lou can't take you to heaven. Uh, Brother Chris and Terry Cavins can't take you to heaven. But you have to make up in your mind, uh, would I rather just sit here and live a dull non-transformed and conformed life or do I want to live in the power of the Holy Ghost with the anointing of God on my life would you rather? Jesus said it's so important that when you walk into the house of God, he said it's the Sabbath day. You can either kill or you can save life. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? I want to tell you tonight, you've heard this before, but it's so true. These young people have heard this time and time again. Someone is watching you. Someone always needs somebody. And I, I'm not talking about, I just told you, somebody else can't get you to heaven. But do you realize that your worship Paul and Silas' worship, praise and prayer, was so powerful, it caused every door in that prison to be not only shaken, but open. How many times do we walk into the house of God, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves, is, is well, I know they're worshiping, but I'm tired. I know they're worshiping, and I know that preacher's up there sweating and preaching, but I've just had a bad day. Church, do you realize what you're playing is a game of spiritual would you rather? Would you rather sit in the pity that you find yourselves in, or would you rather sit in the freedom that Jesus has won for you? 
Would you rather worship uh, with bonds over your life uh, and just stand there and say, oh, well, this is good. I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody needs to hoop and holler and shout and roll in the floor. If God wants to do that, let God do that. But I'm saying how often do we come in and say, this is just not my day. I, I've just had all this stuff go on. And you don't even realize that you're playing a game of spiritual would you rather. And you're killing the spirit of God moving uh, in the service. I, I've been guilty. I'm not preaching down on you. I've been guilty. I've walked in and be like, you know what? I, I just don't feel it. But again, I, I don't worship God based on how I feel. I worship Him based on what I know. And what I know is He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still sitting on the throne. So I got something to praise Him for. Jesus refused to have an ordinary service. He refused all throughout the four Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus never had uh, an ordinary day. My Bible tells me in Matthew chapter 12, uh, in the, 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 the portion of Scripture we read here tonight, uh, He says, listen, uh, I say that there is one in this place uh, that is greater than the temple, that is greater than the physical building. Uh, and He said, uh, I'd rather you show mercy uh, than have all the sacrifice. What He was saying is, I would rather you love people than be judgmental over people and say it's all about what you do uh, and it's not about who you are. Uh, because I want you to understand this tonight, uh, that you may, you, you may serve in the community. Uh, you may get up here and do all kinds of things. Uh, but Paul says if there's no love in your heart, uh, there's no mercy in your life, uh, there's no grace uh, being extended towards others, uh, and you look down on others, uh, he says it means nothing. And Jesus says, listen, you want to blame those that were guiltless. But he says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am the Lord of the unorthodox. I am the God that doesn't want things to be as usual. Listen, my Bible tells me this in Ephesians chapter 3. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think, according to his power that worketh in us. That, that, that tells me tonight that God wants to supersede our expectations for Him. That God, when we come into the house, and we, 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 you should come expecting, but God says, if you want to come into this house expecting, He says, I want to far exceed what you could ever ask or think. See, what I want to see in this house, and I felt the Spirit of God moving in this house on Sunday morning so strong, but what I want to see in this house is you're praying for someone to get saved. But as you're praying for someone to get saved, Brother Chris, three people run up to the altar. Instead of one get saved, three get saved. Instead of saying, oh, we're going to pray for Brother so-and-so on his back as he's getting healed, there's four others that's got a problem with their back and they're getting healed. I want to see the God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ever ask or think. But I'm going to have to make up in my mind that I'm not going to be ordinary, that I'm not going to walk into this church and just say, I'm just going to do a usual thing. This is just what we do. No, I'm going to walk up into this church and say, I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to hear the word of God. I'm ready for God to move in the altars. I want you to know that I want to see an expectant church in this house. The 
come to the music tonight. My Bible tells me, John chapter 9, it's the Sabbath day. There's a blind man outside of the synagogue. His disciples. You see, his disciples, they were a little unorthodox when they were breaking the rules, so to speak, in the field. But these disciples were raised in church. You know, they, they were Jews. They had to go to Jewish school. They had to be taught for years and years. They had to be taught the entire Torah. They had to be taught the entire Old Testament. Every young man. And they had a little bit, Sister Crystal, of that religion and that ritual stuck on them. And they said, well, this man's blind. And I can just hear Jesus saying, well, duh. He's blind. And they said, why is this man blind? Did his parents sin? What sin has caused this? They're playing a game of would you rather. See, what they were doing is they were looking at the problem and not the solution. Because, Brother Chris, we come into the house of God and we're focused on the problems. I've been guilty. The Lord had to correct me. I got a spiritual spanking. And God set me in line and said, you got to straighten up, son. Because so often I look at the problems. And Jesus said, it's the Sabbath day, man. I'm not about problems. I'm about solutions. He said, who sinned, him or his parents? Jesus replied to them in John chapter 9. He says this. He says, it wasn't this man that has sinned. It wasn't his parents. But this man is about to serve a greater purpose. He said, he was blind so I could come by and let him see. And most of us in, in that moment, in that, in, in that moment, Brother Michael, we would have been well, I'm not laying hands on them because what if they don't? You see, what you're doing is you're playing, would you rather? Would you rather walk in obedience and nothing happen? Or would you rather walk in disobedience and walk away from the situation and never know what could have happened? And Jesus said, this is for the works of God. This is for the works of God. Church, my Bible goes on to tell me in Luke chapter 14, on the Sabbath day, the Pharisees watched him and there was a man that had swelling all over his body. And Jesus could feel the re religious people saying, this is how it has to be. You can't do this on church days. And Jesus asked them, question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they didn't say a word. And the Bible says, if your son 
or your donkey or your ox fell into a pit on the Sabbath day, you would do everything, you would drop everything to rescue them. I want to ask you tonight. Would you drop everything for revival? Would you drop everything? Jesus said you would drop everything to save one animal. One son. And Jesus says, you're looking here and telling me, I can't save one. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 13 that there was a woman that was bent over for 18 years and it was the Sabbath day. I know you... You're going to hear nothing but the Sabbath day for the, for the rest of the week. I know, I've said it a ton. It was a church day. And he healed. He did the unorthodox. He did the unthinkable. He moved under anointing and power. And she straightened up. And the Pharisees were so livid that he could break tradition. And he, Jesus told them, he said... To get here, did you not untie your donkey? Or your ox? And release them from the post? But this woman cannot be released from the infirmity in her body. I want to ask you tonight. Can we release what, how we think things should be and embrace where I believe God's taking us? I believe God's going to stretch each and every person here. And I want to encourage you tonight because what we are experiencing on Sunday morning and what we've been seeing happen in the last few weeks, is not, it doesn't just magically happen. It's because there's people like you praying desiring for change. There's, there's people like our pastor that'll get in and get a fresh word from the Lord. But I want you to know as we go forward, if you're, in, if you're here tonight and you're saying, I really want revival, get ready for an unorthodox life. Get ready, get ready for a life full of would you rather Would you rather? If you'll stand with me tonight. Jesus was preaching in the synagogue of Capernaum. Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 4. And a man possessed by a demon was in the house. And I don't know why time has ended up this way, but this, why God is having me do this now, but people say there was a man possessed in the church. Yes. 
And I want you to know that there are people that are oppressed and possessed that come in, into the, the church week in and week out. No one knows. No one sees. And Sister Mary, I believe this man came frequently to the synagogue. And Jesus looked at him and he spoke to the spirit that was within him and he said, come out of him. Be quiet and come out of him. Because how many people come in here possessed and oppressed that leave the same way they came? But if you allow yourself to play a game of would you rather spiritually ask yourself a question, am I going to be obedient? Am I going to be attentive? Am I going to have the spirit of discernment and see and say, God, I'm going to speak to that thing that's trying to oppress these young people and say, be gone. Am I going to speak to that thing, that obstacle that's in my way and say, you... You're not stealing my praise. You're not stealing my worship this morning or this evening. Would you rather? Would you rather just continue with church as usual? Or would you rather come in saying this might be the day we'll have revival? Revival will break out. Lives will be changed. People will be healed. People will be saved. This community will be different. Let's come in with that mentality. You see, I'm going to ask you to come tonight, but I want to tell you that Jesus disrupted the Sabbath, His entire ministry, even in His death, because He rose on the Sabbath day. And the greatest power and the greatest spiritual disruption this world had ever seen happened when a man said, this is going to be a different kind of church day. Brother Mark, I don't want church as usual. I don't. It's not changing anyone. So I'm going to ask you tonight, if you're here, and you want to say, God, I want to be different. I want to be changed. I, I, again, church, I want to encourage you. What we're seeing is because you've been faithful to prayer. You've been faithful to pursue God. But what would happen if you continued to go deeper? So I'm going to ask you tonight. Come, find yourselves a place to pray and God say, and just ask God, put, put an expectancy in my life. Put an expectancy in my life. So these altars are open. You can pray in your seats. You can pray standing up. You can pray kneeling. However you feel, you can come up here and stand, but I'm asking you to come tonight. Would you rather? Would you rather live the same life you're living or would you rather live an exceptional, extraordinary life by the power of the Holy Ghost? Hey everybody, Pastor Ron. I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just am uh, so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, 
Continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.